carries no weight. And hey ho, the local plan is thrown out. And what are we using? The 2005 local plan. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't uh, put, take that as being biblical. Um, but I do still believe. Before you depart on that point, use that, don't throw it away, use it along with the MPPF and the Skipper's um, uh, report that we had um, aligning that with our policies with the MPPF. So don't throw it away. I won't throw the MPPF away, which I just found out here as well. But um, I just want to make a point that we do have policies. I actually believe, and uh, I know you say about agricultural land, and we are a rural area, so most of the land around here is agricultural. But I do believe it is, in, it is contrary to policy in the MB5 uh, on all counts. I've just read it out, and, and I actually think it is. And, I have a right to disagree with officers, that's my job. I can agree with you, but can also disagree with you at times, and this time I actually do. So, Councillor Hicks. Thank you, Chairman. Um, I think I'm persuaded by the fact that this does appear to be a very sustainable location. Um, the, uh, we had no objections, whatever, from any of the statutory authorities. Which it can't be an appropriate way for 
satisfy your question? Yes. Um, Councillor Grimes? I, I look at the, the policies and I've seen those guidance and uh, I find that what we need to do is to be a little bit more practical and respect a lot of what the local residents are saying to us here and talking to each other. But I think reliance just always on policy is not always the way forward. Um, I know the village pretty well. I've got friends that live in that village and I have attended school events. I know exactly. It was unfortunate that the site visit was on a grown substantially over the last few years and we are in a position now where it is very difficult because we are under enormous pressure to build more houses. I fully understand that. What I do think is wrong is that if you actually look uh, at some of the, most of the points have been made, it's outside the village developments. Now if you're not going to have a village development at all, why bother to have a policy? None at all. So although I would, in 99% of cases, go with the officers, I think in this case the officers are wrong. Yes, we should take notice of the emerging neighbourhood plan. Yes, we should listen more <coughs> carefully to what the residents have to say. You might think it coming strange from me, but I do fervently believe that. We're not always going to get it right, and sometimes we're going to be sworn at because they think we've got it wrong. In this case, I do believe that it would not be wrong to go against the officers. It would be right to respect the views of the village with the objections. They talked about water, low water pressure. They talked about not enough doctor surgeries, probably most of these throughout the district. And they talked about education all the things that are happening within Oxford. But I don't think we should exacerbate it. And I think I would agree with Councillor Fairhurst that I have serious concerns about this and I will not be supporting the officers' proposals. Thank you. Councillor Mills, did you wish to come back? I saw your hand move. I'm not sure. Yeah, just briefly, Mr Chairman. Um, I'd like to point out that Felstead actually got more uh, sites brought forward in the SLA than anybody else. It has 29 sites. And the primary reason for that is that the average house price, uh, as the, uh, actually the consultants, Curtin and Co. have recommended, is £800,000. Um, it, it means that basically this is a target now. Well, Felstead has become a target for expensive housing. And it's just attracting all of the developments and all of the uh, development going around it. Um, and if we don't resist some of this, then it's just going to become a, a mass of housing and it's spoiling what is there in a historic village setting. So I just wanted to put that forward. Thank you. Councillor Lodge. I, I don't wish to repeat uh, so much of what has been said, so can I just say that uh, I find myself in complete agreement with Councillor Chambers. It's the first time for everything. 
Yeah, Mr. Brown, please. Thank you. Right, I know. I think I know where this is going. Um, <laughs> um, now, first of all, can I knock two things on the head before we go any further? You cannot refuse this because of water pressure or water supply. Um, it's not a planning consideration. If, application, if this application was approved, the water, the water supply to this development will be sorted out. Otherwise, the developer won't even get out of bed and develop the site, to be quite frank. That is, an that is a, a development issue. It doesn't exist, and it is not for this development to sort out an existing problem within the village. So water pressure and water supply, much as I accept might be a problem, um, you can't actually say that this development will ma necessarily make it worse. It's an argument. It can make it better, but that's not going to be an argument either way. And secondly, in terms of impact on the doctor's surgery, which I absolutely fully respect, we have no objection from the NHS. We have, you know, they, they seek a contribution. Now, that's another place in terms of what the NHS, whether the NHS are asking for a sufficient amount of money to actually run that argument is very difficult to run. Um, I will correct what Councillor Lachlan said earlier. I didn't just say it's all about sustainability. It is about sustainability, and members need to assess whether or not this site is a sustainable location. It's very difficult, bearing in mind you're talking about, we've, we've talked about transport pressures because of the school and because of the, and the issues in terms of the surgery and issues about that. It's got all of those, which makes it a sustainable location. The other part of it is, is any particular harm they think this development is causing. And I think if members are mindful, they need to assess whether the site is sustainable, even if they assess the site is sustainable, but they think there is harm, and you've got a balanced report here. You've got a balanced report whereby we've said it's got an impact on the countryside. Officers don't think that impact is, is strong enough for us to recommend refusal. You may have that different impact as well. It's not about development limits because part of the Skipper's report says the de development limits are out of date because it doesn't allow for the amount of development that we need to have. But it's the same thing. It's the impact by going outside the limit in terms of members of feel that there's a harm being caused. You also have a conservation officer who also has concerns as well. So all those issues, because in this situation, we've got the unique example of the edge of the village, which is also edge of the conservation area. So I would concentrate on the harm issue. Um, I find it very difficult for you to argue against the sustainability argument, but that is your call in terms of how it is. So that's move away from water pressure, move away from impact on doctor surgeries. And, and I think that could frame the way you're going, because I think we know where we're going regarding this, but I, I just need to frame a defensible refusal here. Councillor Lockley, you want to add something fresh to the conversation? Yeah, because I think you may either have misunderstood me or misheard me, because the first thing I said was, I know this is a sustainable site, but I think it was contrary, and I still think it's contrary to policy EMV5. Just wanted to make that clear. Okay, Councillor Fairs. Sorry to repeat, go over the same old territory again. I think what, what, what uh, Mr. Brown has said is encapsulates exactly my view on the process. And uh, I think there is um, considerable or, or, or a persuasive argument about the harm that this will do. And so I am quite, quite certain to, to, to reject this or, or vote against this. Okay, we seem to have had a good discussion all around. So we have a proposal for approval, and that's been seconded. So all those in favour, please show. And those against? Finally, that application is uh, sorry that failed, uh, not approved. So now we need a proposal, please, for a refusal. Councillor Fairhurst. Mr. Chairman, I propose to re reject this on the, on the terms that we said. And the reasons you're going to state are? I, I, I question sustainability, and, and it's not, not justified to weigh that up against the, the harm that it will cause. 
Uh, we need a bit of assistance on a policy number there. Councillor Lockner, are you seconding? I second it, yeah, sorry. Fine. Yeah. Thank you, sir. No, 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 no. Sustainability won't win on appeal. EMV5 and uh, conservation, which I'll have to find a policy for. Perhaps you can help me, Mr. Brown. Conservation. Conservation, conservation area is EMV1, um, and we could. And I would actually, yes, you know, you have concluded, obviously, if you might to refuse this, this has this causing harm in it's harmful development in the countryside. So it's, a, it's an S7 refusal as well. So you're actually saying it's a harmful issue. I do agree with Councillor Lockland. I find it very difficult for you to run a sustainability issue, but it's your call again. So you're saying it's a harmful development on the edge of the settlement, so therefore... It, so it's contrary to S7 and it's contrary to EMV1. Um, you've heard what I've said about EMV5 and you've heard what Councillor Lockland said about EMV5. That is, you could throw that in there as part of the reason as well, if you feel. But, well, I, don't, uh, I don't really want to throw that very well. <laughs> But then each part, sorry, each part, each policy, each part of that will be a defence at an inquiry. So, you know, EMV5 could be an additional M. I think you potentially, I'm not saying necessarily successful or not, but S7 and EMV1 potentially is enough to defend it. Um, EMV5 could, could add additionals to it, but that's your call. So. Are you happy, Councillor Pearhurst, with those three reasons? And Councillor Lachlan? Fine. OK, on. Sorry. Yep. On that basis, then, we will go to the vote on refusal on policies EMV1, EMV5 and S7. All those in favour of refusal, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, All those against? Two. And abstentions? One abstention. Thank you. That matter is refused. The next item on our agenda is item 4.2, application UTT 153824. It's details following outline application at Newport, and Mrs. Shoesmith will make the presentation to us. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Members will be familiar with the uh, subject site that's uh, before us. Um, the application site is land south of Wyndham's Croft on White Ditch Lane in Newport. Um, it's located east of White Ditch Lane um, here. Um, we've carried out previously a site visit uh, along here. Um, we've got the uh, Newport uh, Grammar School located here. And... Um, with regards to this application, the applications for reserved matters for the erection of the 15 dwellings um, with details relating to the appearance, landscaping and layout following the granting of outline consent back in December 2015. The outline application, uh, we had also determined details of the axis and the scale, so those aren't um, the subject of the application today. The proposal has been outlined within the officer's report on pages 31 to 33 uh, with a breakdown of the accommodation in section 3.6 of the report. This is um, what's being proposed in terms of the layout of the scheme. The um, details of the housing, if I show you 
probably a more coloured version that would help. Um, whilst um, landscaping has been shown here, this isn't the uh, proposed landscaping scheme. I'll go on to that in a second. Details of the layout of the scheme. Two access points are proposed, as what was granted at the outline stage, the north and to the south of the road. To the main development scheme, access will be taken here and will follow around and you've got a T-junction here and all the way out here. The housing has been split. Uh, we've got affordable housing here and here uh, with a footpath link that would link up to the main scheme itself and would carry on through onto the public footpath which is located here. As part of the outline, we had um, conditions that a pedestrian footpath to be included uh, within inside of the application site. This has also been detailed um, in the uh, reserve matters, which is located here. As part of the scheme, an area of open space is also being proposed um, as you to the south and southern end of the site so it's um, located within easy reach um, of all the dwellings plus in terms of being linked up to the pedestrian footpaths. In terms of landscaping, uh, whilst not overly clear, um, this shows again the public footpath which is indicated within the site. Also the retention of the, um, the hedging which exists at the moment, uh, which will be managed and um, cut back, managed and any gaps filled in. The plan also shows the three passing bays uh, which was conditioned as part of the outline application as well. In terms of the house types, um, six different house types are proposed. Um, this shows the breakdown of various house types here. This is an illustration of what the houses would look like. Um, this is house type A and B, which are the affordable housing units. And these are um, the market houses within the site. In terms of the overall heights, um, the, re the heights of the units um, are stipulated within the report um, and fit in uh, within the surrounding uh, schemes which have been previously approved um, up and down White Ditch Lane itself. The number of bedrooms within the report has been um, disputed and discussed um, quite, um, quite thoroughly. Um, the size and scale of the scheme, however, um, has been felt to be compatible with the surrounding area and recent developments which have been granted. Due to the site's relationship, um, no impact is considered upon the existing neighbouring occupiers. In terms of the garden sizes, two of the plots fall below um, the Essex design guide by three square metres each. Um, however, the scheme overall is considered to be acceptable um, and, um, and is not considered um, sufficient to warrant a refusal. The number of parking spaces either meets or exceeds the Essex design guide, uh, sorry, the parking standards. Um, Objections that were raised during the course of the application related to highways, uh, suds and landscaping have since been addressed and objections have been withdrawn. The scheme overall is considered to comply with policy and is therefore recommended for approval subject to the
conditions listed on page 45 and 47. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Shoesmith. And we have one speaker on the application, which is the agent, uh, Mr. Dagg. You have three minutes, Mr. Dagg. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairman. Chairman, members, uh, can I uh, thank Ms. Shoesmith for her comprehensive uh, report? I have very little to add to it. I would uh, commend it uh, to you. Um, just three points. The, the fundamental point uh, is that, of course, this isn't an application for planning permission. It's an application to approve the reserved matters in respect of a planning permission, which you've already given. That was pretty recently, the 18th of December of last year. Uh, I, I was here then. Uh, there was a fairly comprehensive discussion by, by members of the uh, application. Uh, and planning permission was forthcoming. Uh, there is, of course, uh, a section 106 planning obligation in place providing for 40% affordable housing. That's been dealt with, of course, by Ms. Shoesmith just a minute or two ago. The second point is that the scheme has now put forward, as of course is brought forward very much in the report, is very much as previously envisaged, subject to the matters which had been raised before by members, December last year being dealt with, and the points raised by consultees being dealt with. I draw in uh, particular attention to the provision of the uh, footpath on the western part of the site and the retention of the uh, hedgerow alongside White Ditch Lane. That was a particular concern. It's provided there in the uh, design. Uh, there aren't uh, any uh, matters uh, outstanding. There's only one small matter of detail uh, outstanding which has been covered by condition four as recommended uh, in the report. So uh, uh, all in all, uh, members, I would suggest that uh, what is before you is very much in accord with what was previously envisaged. The details have been satisfactorily addressed uh, and accordingly I would ask you to accept the recommendation. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Dagg. Okay, members, over to you. Comments, questions? Councillor Fairhurst. Yes, Mr. Chairman, just a question. Um, could you just point out where the affordable houses will be? Because we have a policy not to keep them all in one little ghetto. Could you just show me where they are? Yeah, of course. They're here and here, these I, two houses. I, I, I won't respond to that. Um, the other question is just a silly question. It's a policy question, and this is, this is the issue here. I look at affordable housing, and it becomes continually sort of a thing that affordable houses are one, two, and three bedroom. Um, are we saying that people in affordable houses don't have children? Um, they should be spread across the whole range, surely, because affordability is about people who can't afford houses, but we shouldn't say limit them to three bedrooms or two bedrooms, whatever the place is. These are just comments. I would have a problem with the affordable housing being located all in my place like that. That's against what we want to try and achieve. I'm going to ask Mr. Brown to give us a little bit of advice on that uh, last point. Thank you. First of all, in terms of... Sorry, that's not me. Um, first of all, in terms of the affordable housing mix that you raised, uh, the, the smaller dwellings is what the housing associations require and so that's as advised. So the developer has provided that as advised by our housing enabling. And in terms of clustering, um, there, is, there is the rule of thumb is that we should have clusters of no more than 10. Um, so obviously that's not going to be the situation. That's not going to be the situation here. Uh, now, to be honest with you, I'll be quite absolutely quite frank about it. Even that is a difficult one because not because of the developer, but because of the housing provider in terms of maintaining them. So um, this looks odd because 
you were right about the small dwellings. That's what's requested by, by the Housing Enabling Officer uh, and by the housing associations. And the cluster is associated, and it's very, very difficult. That complies with the housing strategy in terms of clustering. Um, and that's at the request of the providers, not the developer, I should add. So it's not the developer trying to get away with it. Um, from a management viewpoint, that is better for the providers. Uh, Councillor Lodge. Yeah, we probably need to explore that a little bit more because my first reaction is this, uh, I've only been on the planning committee for just over a year, but it's the worst example of social engineering that I, that I, that I can envisage. Um, we, we, we've heard a lot of adverse publicity about poor doors on developments in London, but we've got a poor entrance here even. Um, I really think we should look at that. If it is, if it is at the request um, of the, uh, the Housing Association, I could probably accept that. Um, but this looks like s such a split of, um, uh, of the big affluent houses and the poor ones shoved down the bottom end. So um, maybe back to Mr Brown again, is it really done for the benefit of the Housing Association? In terms, of the, in terms of the clustering and the size of those affordable housing, yes, it's for the benefit of the housing associations. Councillor Riles. Maria, can we go back, because um, on this one, I'm just thinking about the, obviously there's a separate entrance at the front there for the affordable uh, homes, um, which obviously keeps them away from you know, the affluent home, homes. No, 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 stop this, come on. We can't okay, this. sorry. I'm only, I'm only seeing, telling you what I'm seeing. Um, but also, can we have a look at the way that the hedges are as well around those affordable? See, in that there, it looks like there's a whole, a whole load of hedges which obscures that bottom end. And then on the revised one, I don't know which is, which is the one we should be taking into account. It's the landscaping. That's the landscaping scheme that's been right. submitted. Um, okay. That, that that, that's just the layout of of the actual houses, houses not, themselves not, okay. but this um, this takes into account the layout of the houses and the landscaping sorry well you're going to love me because I was going to say exactly the same thing we do have a policy that affordable homes are scattered throughout the site but this well we've always no, we well, well okay well that's probably something we should work on but that's something we've always agreed with this committee and I've been on this committee for 15 years and we've never liked affordable housing being out on the periphery uh, so I know like uh, Councillor Ranger says stop this but I think it's a valid argument and the, the actual road is separate and uh, I, I just it doesn't you know it sticks in the craw if you like that they should be isolated mm -hmm. you know it's a bit like upstairs downstairs isn't it so I know but that's the perception. Can I just, on that particular issue, it becomes much more paramount when you're, I mean, it becomes much more clearer and, and obvious what's happening here because you've got people who are trying to sell houses and you've got housing associations that need to have specific houses for specific requirements. And when you're dealing with a smaller development of 15 houses, it becomes much more much more obvious, unfortunately. When you're dealing with applications for much larger dwellings, even when you go, you know, with the 55s and the 100s of this world, um, it becomes quite clear, and that's where the clustering comes in. And believe me, you have applications refused by your officers for that very reason. Mm -hmm. But when you're dealing with an application for 15, it's much more difficult. 
We have not got a policy which says they need to be pepper-potted across the whole site um, because the housing associations quite rightly do kick against that. And, and unfortunately, the, the, I think the nature is this is because it's 15 dwellings, it becomes obvious which is the housing associations and where it is. So I think it's very difficult to, to refuse it on that basis because, of, of, because it complies perfectly with the strategy. Sorry, I don't think it's a question of refusing it. I think it's perhaps education. Perhaps we ought to... Uh, have a word with the housing association or you, you could and say that you know we don't like this is there another way that we could utilize that site from my point of view um, and I'll come to you Councillor Freeman um, you've got the landscaping plan in front of you you do not read the f those units on the far end with the rest of the site you cannot see majority of the rest of the site. They're the only houses that front White Ditch Lane, and even they are behind hedging. So I'm not sure where all this angst is coming from about this, but I'm very unhappy about it. There is nothing inherently wrong with that being a small part of a development, and it's in doesn't bear any relationship to the rest of the site, and I, and I, I have no problem with that whatsoever. Councillor Freeman. Thank you, Chairman. Can we see the elevations again, please? Um, yeah, that's an elevation. Uh, those are some of the affordable houses. Uh, and can you give us some of the other houses, please? Um, yeah, I think that's that. Yes, that's good. Yeah, fine. Um, I, I'm sympathetic with the arguments. Uh, I'm not sure I buy into the one that if they're in one location, it's easier to maintain them. I don't quite understand that. But... Um, this is, once again, the second one since my time on this committee, uh, this, this term on this committee, that we've seen this, uh, where you have the rich man and his castle and the poor man and his gate, which is uh, another one not far from here, which is very, very similar and is being built at the moment. And it is quite noticeable when they're actually constructed. You get these quite large houses and then some small ones tucked away in the corner. Maybe what the uh, housing associations like, but that doesn't necessarily mean that is what they should be given, because these houses are going to be there for a long time, and everybody is going to benefit or lose by them. So maybe we should be more assertive or give better guidance, perhaps, to the housing associations as to the sort of things that we're after, given the duration these houses will actually be on the sites. Councillor Lodge. I suppose I can sympathise with the housing associations, but I think, I think we've come to a stage where we have to tell the housing associations what to do, um, and that I can't see, I, I maintain a lot of houses, I don't see that having them a little bit up the road is any problem, they can maintain them. Um, one other thing which I didn't mention earlier, as we know, White Ditch Lane is, is an awful road for the development that's going on. Um, why do we need to have an extra entrance? We could loop around from a single entrance and then help to a degree the access onto White Ditch Lane. So in fact, weighing all this up together, I want to go back to the developers and say have another go at it and I will not be voting for this. Sorry, yes, Sorry, if I could probably uh, say a couple of things. In terms of the access points, those were approved as part of the outline yeah. application. Um, going back um, to the layout of the scheme, um, the, whilst obviously um, it's heard what, what is said about the size and scale of the, of the um, buildings there, the, the housing which is fronting um, here to the front 
is also um, relating to what's opposite across the road where they are slightly smaller dwellings as well. Those are existing dwellings that are opposite the site. Um, Notwithstanding, obviously, there is other development which has been granted as well um, regarding another five houses either side of that. Um, but those read in terms of size and scale uh, and proportion in terms of the other houses that currently exist there. Thank you, Mr. Shoesmith. Was there somebody else wanted to speak? Okay. Um, Councillor Davey. I would, like, I would like to propose the officer's recommendation. Thank you, and I'll second that. Thank you. Um, we've had a good discussion, so we're going to go to the vote on this. We have a proposal and a seconder for approval. Uh, all those in favour, please show. One, two, three, four, five. And those against? One, two, three, four. And any abstentions? One abstention. And that matter then is approved. Thank you very much. Moving on to item 4.3 on the agenda, which is UTT 16-0171. It's an application for full planning consent at Thaxted, and that is also does have a separate application for listed building consent, which has been brought up, which we will discuss afterwards. Uh, Mr Trevelyan, that's over to you, please. Thank you, Chairman. Next item on today's agenda is a site formerly known as the Molecular Products Site, which is located on the western side of Mill End on the southern side of the village of Thaxted. The site was previously used by the Molecular Products Group for commercial activities until it became vacant approximately three years ago, August 2013. The site consists of a number of industrial-like structures that were once used as factories and warehousing, in addition to a row which are Grade 2 listed buildings along the eastern frontage boundary, which were ancillary offices at a time for the commercial business. The site is located within a built-up area with a petrol station located to the north, residential housing to the west, community building with further residential to the south, We've got the local tennis court and school to the east. Planning permission is sought for the demolition of all the structures on the site, except for the designated listed buildings, the demolition of a 1.5 metre section of the brick wall towards the front of the boundary, which is just in here, uh, and the redevelopment of the site for the construction of 22 new dwellings and a conversion of the list of buildings to contain a further seven dwellings, so 29 units in total. The landscape plan gives a bit more of a, a clear identity of the soft and hard paving and, and the location of the dwellings themselves. Building styles within the development would range from terrace-style buildings, semi-detached and detached dwellings, and it's important to note that the scheme will comprise of 100% market housing. This is the, uh, some of the elevations of the housing. This is the actual street scene along Mill Road. So this is the entrance into the site where the current entrance is at the moment with the new development. This is the, the row of listed buildings that continues along here. 
So that gives an indication of the street scene elevation. Some of the other housing types and styles within the, uh, the site itself. In relation to the assessment of the proposal, the principle of the development of this redundant brownfield site is considered to be a sustainable form of development for housing. The layout, size and scale of the proposal are considered to be appropriate to reflect the character of the appearance of the surrounding area. The proposed mix of dwellings across the development is appropriate. The proposed development will cause no harm to matters of highway safety. Apart from one plot, which is plot 23, that has one less parking space than what is required, uh, the remaining units have provided with appropriate parking provisions and amenity space areas. The proposal will not result in significant harm to ecology or biodiversity and not give rise to increased flood risk. The proposal will not lead to excessive harm upon the amenities of adjoining neighbours. Officers consider that the proposal is in accordance with national and local policies and is therefore recommended that the application be approved subject to the suggested conditions and the Section 106 agreement. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Javillian. And we have one speaker, which is the agent, and that's Andy Butcher. You have three minutes, Mr. Butcher. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, good afternoon, members. Uh, yes, I'm Andy Butcher. I'm the planning consultant acting for the owners of the site, Molecular Products. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to speak this afternoon. Uh, your officers have uh, set out in a comprehensive and thorough report the background to the scheme, the policy issues and the detailed considerations to take into account. Uh, the application before you results from some 18 months of work with your officers and statutory consultees, and you may have noticed from your agenda that a previous application was withdrawn. Uh, this was done to address detailed design issues that were raised by your officers, and the revised scheme that is now before you, uh, as indicated at pages 57 and 60 to your report, is now considered to meet the very exacting design and layout standards that uh, the Council operate. Uh, from a planning policy perspective, whilst the site is identified for employment in the current development plan, this is no longer appropriate. Uh, your officers are satisfied that the demand for housing and the lack of interest for employment use, and more importantly perhaps, the benefits for the conservation area and listed building on the site are considerable. As your officers have pointed out, the development does not attract a requirement for affordable housing in this particular instance uh, because of the recent changes to central government policy and the reintroduction of something known as the vacant building credit which now applies to brownfield sites. This must hold considerable weight in any decision that you take this afternoon. Your officers have also been able to confirm that the mix of units overall when taken with the design of the scheme is acceptable. All other aspects of the officer's recommendations and the suggested Section 106 agreement are, are acceptable to my clients. We are, of course, pleased that Thaxter Parish Council support the scheme. There have been a limited number of objections to the proposals, and these matters have been dealt with by your officers in their report and by the suggested conditions. Uh, finally, I draw your attention to the letter of support, which I believe firmly uh, and clearly set, summarises the position in respect of this proposal. This scheme would be an excellent use of a brownfield site. It would preserve important listed buildings and the design of the houses has been specifically developed to fit in with the character of Thaxid. This, in, in our view, is a fully informed and sound basis for which you should grant planning permission for this redevelopment of this brownfield site within Thaxid. 
and we do hope that you will be able to support your officers' recommendations to grant planning permission. Thank you, Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Butcher. Okay, members, it's over to you. Councillor Riles, first off. <coughs> I've not come across one, I don't think, when there's been no provision for an affordable, uh, um, affordable housing. Could Nigel explain the circumstances and, you know, or on the ball? Sorry. Uh, Lindsay, sorry. Yeah, basically what it is, um, a recent court ruling early May this year basically said in addition to what's known as vacant building credit, for example, there might be other cases in the future where units or developments for 10 or less dwellings will also not require contributions towards affordable housing. So what the vacant building credit is for brownfield sites, where the existing floor space area, whether you're going to change the use or a complete redevelopment of a site, where, where the existing floor space is greater than what's been proposed, then there's no requirement for the council to, you know, not force, but for contributions on site, affordable housing. So that's the general nuts and bolts of it. Whether we agree with it or not, that's what it, that's what it is. I, I can understand the logic of encouraging developers to work on brownfield sites and, and make it, you know, okay, more financially viable. Um, but I don't get the logic of the policy, but, but that's probably just me. Uh, but thank you very I, much. I assure you, Councillor Raz, it isn't just you. It <laughs> makes no sense whatsoever, but it is what the government has put forward. And, and the reason why it's fresh, because it came in and was challenged, and that challenge and basically has been upheld, um, and it came back in again in May 2016, and it's now in, ingrained within the MPP in, in terms of the planning policy guidance, of the, of the national planning policy guidance. So I agree with you. I've got serious concerns about this, but it is where we are in terms of the government policy, so we can't, go really, can't really go against it in this term. So. Okay, Councillor Lodge. Then. Thank you. First of all, I should declare an interest in that the uh, Chief Executive of Molecular Products is well known to me. Non-pecuniary interest. Um, two other points then. One, I'm concerned about the listed wall. It was rather a fine listed wall and does it really have to go? Question one. Then uh, the other point which was mentioned as we had a brief look and that was the retention of the uh, bus shelter and I just wondered if, if, uh, if they could cover those two points please. I think uh, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Javelian to confirm that but it's not all of the wall, it's only the more modern piece on the end and I'll the bus shelter is not part of the site. I'll just skip forward because obviously we've got the listed building application afterwards but one of the slides this is the section of the wall that we're talking about so we're talking about outside what is going to be dwelling unit number eight the section of wall that's to be removed is 1.5 meters and that is solely to provide access into the private amenity area of that rear garden. Okay. Council's Conservation Office had no issues with the removal of that wall. Um, the, the wall is in two parts, the old original exactly. bit with the timber bressemer. In relation to the bus stop itself, it's actually outside the, um, the red line, so it's not part of the actual application site itself. Yeah. Uh, uh, Councillor Freeman. Yeah, thank you, Chairman. Um, I was going to ask about the lack of affordable, that's been explained, and this is a difficult site to develop in some respects, it's an old chemical site, there will be contamination issues I imagine, and the buildings are obviously going to involve a lot of work to actually make them nice, and I'm sure they will make them nice. Um, I think it's a very good exemplar of what can be done with a brownfield site. 
And, Chairman, I, I would like to propose this for approval. It seems to me to be uh, a good example of the sort of housing we should be looking for. Fine, does that find a seconder? Councillor Hicks, did you, wish to, you did wish to speak, <coughs> so Just you like can speak to say, now. Ch yeah. Chairman, it's um, a pleasure to um, find a brownfield site coming before us for um, approval, and um, particularly one where the local residents and the parish council are fully behind the development. Its um, site has been vacant for three years and should be put to good use and made a, a respectable part of the village. And uh, I, I, I think we should uh, uh, approve it forthwith. Thank you, uh, Councillor Hicks. Uh, um, comment I would make is that um, an additional part of the development proposal is to include the flood uh, water storage, which can only go quite a long way to helping the problems that Thaxted does uh, experience from time to time. Anybody else wishing to make a comment? Well, we have a proposal for... Oh, Councillor first. I'll do a bigger part. Mr Chairman, um, I'm, I don't want to be pedantic here, but I'm looking at the, the, the notes of the officer, and the question is, goes to this, this issue of the ministerial statement of, of 28 November 2014, um, and then goes on to 1042, which says that then goes on to say, and by extension it says that the point 1039 talks about um, particular circumstances of 10 units or less where we would make an accommodation for lack of affordable housing. If it goes on to say, is this an extension of the ministerial statement or are these two separate um, concepts? Because if read as it is here, it's, it applies only to, to schemes of 10 units or less. If, on the other hand, it's not going on to say, but it's a separate statement with a different law, then we apply the existing floor space process. I need to know whether it is two separate creatures or it's one creature which we're misinterpreting or interpreting um, generously. I think it's a wonderful process and I, I think it's great to do brownfield sites, but I just need clarity on that, if you don't mind. I can see the way you read that, yeah. yeah. It is two bits. There's the, the 10 unit and under bit, and then there's the... Uh, a vacant building credit bit. So the, the vacant building credit bit isn't restricted to under 10. It's, it's two separate processes, yeah. From the same statement. <laughs> okay. Fine. Then we have a proposal for approval which has been seconded. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. That matter is approved. Now we now come on to the listed building part of this development scheme which uh, Mr Trevelyan will take us through, please. Thank you. Yeah, list of building consent is, is sought for the exact same works as the full plan application. There the buildings are going to remove a hashed in, 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 uh, on the site plan there with obviously the list of building being uh, contained. The majority of the works are sort of small fetestration changes to the actual list of building. Um, internal staircases, partitions, and so, and so be it there, just to, to, make, to bring the buildings from what were offices up to um, sufficient living standards for, for the day-to-day -day needs of uh, the future occupiers. Um, there was no objections from uh, Council's Conservation Officer, as already said. Um, officers agree that the actual proposed works themselves will cause less than substantial harm on both the, the historical fabric and the significance 
of the buildings themselves and thereby it's uh, recommended for approval subject to suggested conditions. Thank you. Mr Butcher, did you wish to speak on this application? Thank you very much. Okay, members, then it's over to you. Comments, questions? Councillor Fairhurst? I propose to support the recommendation. And Thank and you. Does that find a seconder? Yes, Councillor Riles? Thank you. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. And the listed building application is also approved. Uh, uh, members, we're now going to have a five-minute comfort break. Thank you. Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. 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 Please hold. Your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned.
Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. Please hold, your meeting has been temporarily adjourned. We commence the business of the afternoon with item 4.4, application UTT 160270, an application for full planning consent at Little Canfield, and Mrs Denmark will take us through in the absence of Mrs Jones. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. This application relates to a site which is located on the southern side of B1256 and it's another brownfield site. Um, <laughs> it sits between, there's a development currently carrying, being carried out at the moment over here, which is on the site called Erzamine, and then there's a development being carried out over here, which is uh, North View, and then we've got treetops sitting here in between 
those. Um, so it, it's in an area where, um, whilst it's outside development limits, new development is going up along here. So um, whilst this looks very open and not much development going on, there is actually a lot of development going on either side of it. The proposal relates to the erection of 12 dwellings. And this will be a mix of two, three, four, and five bedroom properties. So the elevations. Uh, I don't want to go. go back to there. Um, all the plots have the required garden sizes and they comply with the adopted parking standards and there's free visitor parking spaces included within the development. No objections have been received from statutory consultees and there's a requirement for 20% affordable housing, which is two units, which the developer wishes to make this provision by way of financial contribution for off-site provision, which can be secured by Section 106. Now, the vacant building credit doesn't uh, relate to this site because the site is clear. Um, I've got some photos for you so you can see what's going on. So this is the site here. And as you can see, these are the new site um, houses being done on Ursamine. As you can see, a better view there through the gates. Um, so this is the site here on the left, a, site, a view from over the road. Um, this is a view down the road. This is development on the opposite side of the road. More development on the opposite side of the road. So the proposal is recommended for conditional approval subject to section 106 um, covering affordable housing and the maintenance of SUDs as set out in the agenda. Thank you, Mrs Denmark. Um, we have one speaker, which is the agent Lisa Skinner. And you have three minutes, Mrs Skinner. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to address the committee. The site is a former service station and the buildings have been demolished some time ago. Planning permission has previously been granted for residential development at the site and the current proposal is for 12 dwellings with a range of unit sizes. The proposal would make effective use of a brownfield site and lead to additional housing accommodation in the area. The layout and design of the proposed dwellings has been subject to pre-application discussions and we have worked closely with, with your planning officers to produce an acceptable scheme. The current proposal would introduce additional soft landscaping compared to the previous hard surface site and improve the biodiversity and overall appearance of the site in the street scene. Each dwelling would be provided with a garden in excess of the Essex design standards and overall a high quality living environment would be created for future residents. The previous planning permission did not provide for affordable housing provision on this site, but we are providing a financial contribution to assist delivery. The proposal will therefore lead to a high quality residential development on a brownfield site that respects the character of the surrounding area and will assist with the provision of affordable housing and improve drainage and biodiversity in the area. We hope members will be able to support the application. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs Skinner. Okay, members, uh, comments, questions? Councillor Lodge? Uh, it seems that we're still uh, thinking about affordable housing. It's 20% affordable off, for off-site contribution. Uh, 
Okay, Councillor Mills. Well, the paper version is the screen version. It should be. I was told really? that you were provided with the correct yeah. report. There was an initial mix-up over which agenda, item, which agenda report went out. So you're not just so you're not yeah, cracking up. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, recommendation, conditional approval, subject to section 106 legal obligation provision in respect oh, of sorry, affordable no, housing. And now you're saying, yeah. It's true. Yes, because there is no on-site provision of affordable no. housing because there's an off-site co financial contribution. Look, I've not got a problem. Well, I am because it's certainly not the papers I've seen anyway. Right. Can we also, right. Mr. Chairman, can we also clarify? Yeah. I mean, the, right. Okay. Uh, just a moment, councillors. Yeah, right. There, there was, as I say, there was a mix-up. So uh, I'm confirming that Councillor Lodge is not cracking up here. There are two <laughs> versions, not on this issue anyway. <laughs> there, are, there are two reports, unfortunately. The report which says there are no affordable housing provided on site. The table you're looking at, that is the correct report. There is no on-site provision of affordable housing. It's an off-site contribution. So, but there is, there are two reports. Unfortunately, there was a, the wrong one was published. Right. So, yeah, that was my question. Yes, it's twelve. Yeah. Right. So, I'll be clear. The plan that you saw presented, that plan there, is twelve units, and there's an off-site provision of affordable housing via a contribution from the developer. Okay. Yeah, fine. Councillor Chambers. Mr Chairman, propose approval. Thank you, thank you Councillor Chambers. Is that fine? The seconder. Councillor Hicks, thank you. Um, if you have any other comments, can I have a show of hands? All those in favour, please. Thank you, and that matter is approved. The next item on our agenda is item 4.5. It's application UTT 153785. It's uh, for full planning consent at Great Hallingbury for conversions to holiday lets and provision of one dwelling, and that will be followed by a listed building consent application as well. And again, Mrs. Denmark is going to take us through the matter. Thank you. Thank you, Chairman. Right, members went to the site this morning, so it's located at Woodside Green and it relates to a complex of listed buildings which are these buildings here and this building here and this farmhouse which is in the middle of the site doesn't form part of the proposals but that is also listed. So the proposal relates to, this is barn A and this will become a holiday let. Barns B and C are here and they will also become holiday let. This is barn D and this will become a residential unit and barns E and F which are here which will become um, 
holiday lets as well. And then it's also proposed to construct a carport here. So it'd be a six bay cart lodge here. Now, although there are holiday lets, Barn A will have a substantial garden associated with it. Barn D, which is the proposed dwelling, will have this garden area over here. And Barns F, E and F, also holiday lets, will have these two garden areas here. The um, barns are in a poor state of repair and the proposals would secure the long-term viable use for the buildings. Um, ten parking spaces are provided within the plot and then there's an additional six spaces to be provided in the cart lodge. The works required to um, repair and maintain the um, buildings and um, to convert them the works are considered to be acceptable and are, um, are of less than substantial harm and the benefits arising from the proposal are enough to outweigh that less than significant harm. No, cons um, no objections from the consultees. I'll just go through the elevations for you so you can see what's being proposed, putting in new windows um, and the floor plans, minimal alterations and this is the proposed cart lodge. Um, so there's no objections from the consultees and the proposals are recommended for approval subject to conditions as set out in the agenda. However, conditions 6 to 10 are proposed to be informatives rather than conditions. Um, but apart from that change to the planning, application, uh, planning recommendation, um, the applications as set out in the agenda. Thank you, Mrs. Denmark. Now, we have no speakers on this application, so uh, Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. Could I ask one question first and then come back with some comments? Um, it seems strange that the amenity land is missing from, is, is removed from Barn D. Um, do we have any policies on that? Is that normally considered acceptable? The um, policy H6 um, states that um, the garden land provided with barn conversion must be um, provided unobtrusively. Um, now, it can't be provided behind the barn because there's a neighbouring cottage there. Mm. And so you've got the neighbouring cottage and that cottage's garden um, immediately behind Barn D. So that's why it's not being provided there. And so this is the nearest location. So it's unobtrusive, but within um, a reasonable distance of the barn. It's reasonably close as you can get it. Yeah, yeah, I can see it's acceptable, yes, yeah. So the comments are, um, I, I can't see myself objecting to it. I think the, over, the overall main aspect is that we're going to um, save a whole load of buildings, which, which from inspection look as though quite a few of them were in danger of um, coming down. And so I think from that point of view, it's, it's, it's a very good move. Uh, I find it bizarre that I can't see how this is a financially viable um, project as far as holiday lets. I think that um, if, you, if you are renovating them to sell, and so if they were going to be normal market housing, then that might break even. But that, however, is not, uh, is not a consideration from ours, of ours, as I'm sure Mr. Brown will be very quick to remind me. So, um, 
I would expect that a further application will come back um, and taking that all in all um, I would be very much inclined to, uh, to support it. Thank you. Anybody else wish to comment? Does Councillor Mills? Just one question for Mr Brown really. In the event that they did come back as residential, the lack of amenity space on barns C and B, would that mean that they would not be approved as residential? I will go as far as that. It is a consideration that we would have to be taken into account. Okay, because like Councillor Lodge, I would find that this would come back as all residential yeah. in the future. And to be honest with you, the amenity space, I can, looking ahead, the amenity space, as far as I can see, is the only difference between uh, the difference between it being a holiday let and a residential. But the overarching commitment is the retention of the uses of the buildings, to be honest. Uh, in that case, uh, happy to propose. Oh, fine, thank you. Does that find a second to Councillor Lodge? Thank you very much. Um, any other members wishing to comment? No, so we'll go straight to the vote then on this one, please. Members, all those in favour of approval, please show. Unanimous. Thank you very much. That planning application is approved. And now we have the listed building application. And again, Mrs. Den <coughs> Mrs. Denmark will outline the salient points. Thank you. So it's exactly the same scheme, same works, and it's the works that are required to carry out the, um, <coughs> the conversion of the buildings. Um, no objections are raised to the proposals. As already said, there's less than substantial harm, and um, the ben public benefits arising from the scheme by the saving of the listed buildings um, outweigh the less than substantial harm, and it's therefore recommended that listed building consent be granted with conditions as set out in the agenda. Thank you. Any comments, councillors? Councillor Mills, do you want to propose this one as well? I'm happy to propose it. If Ms Bosworth is happy with the application, then that's Thank fine you. by me. Councillor Lodge, is that logical following the sequence? Logical, sorry, let me say that. <laughs> oh, okay, we have a second proposal and a second. All those in favour, please show. Thank you. And the listed building application is also approved. Now we are moving on past the, wall, the dropouts to item 4.9 on the agenda, which is application UTT 160836. It's an application for full planning consent at Elmden, and Mr Theobald is our officer. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. This application is for a replacement dwelling for an existing three-bedroom bungalow on the site. The site is on the uh, southeastern edge of the village, which you can see here, and also immediately adjacent to the village conservation area. At the moment, it's a fairly substandard bungalow and a collection of outbuildings, and I'll just go through the sequence of shots. This is uh, the survey drawings, very elementary bungalow construction, three bed. Uh, now this is actually a comparison, I'll come back to that. In fact, okay, go straight to that. This is the existing uh, situation, so we've got a, a span of 24 metres to the, the frontage there, and we've got uh, a new situation arising where the replacement dwelling would be slightly forward than the existing bungalow on the site and it would have um, 
uh, a width of 14 metres, it's actually a, a depth of 13 metres, and it's also got a cart lodge style garage to the front. I just move, these are the elevations of the replacement dwelling. It's two story, would have a, um, a slate hipped roof, very shallow there, with a clapperboard or a weatherboarded finish with a rendered porch to the front. And to the rear, this is looking to the uh, southwest, a sort of a veranda type uh, addition. And there are the side elevations and the floor plans for bed. That's the cart lodge style garage. So it's a two bay for parking, plus also one for storage with an external stairs up to a first floor platform area as you can see there. This is a, just a cross-section showing the site from the main road, which is here. Uh, the land to the front is set lower than the, the rear, and you can see that the, the garage would sit on lower land level than the, the dwelling. Right, now to uh, the photos. This is the existing bungalow. As you can see, it's got a fairly extensive grounds uh, set to lawn. This is Ignield House, a fairly recent uh, dwelling, one and a half storey construction to the, uh, to the west. And better profile there, just to give you an idea of proportions. This is the old dairy building that's due to be demolished at the front of the site, and it's roughly there where the garage is going to be for the dwelling. And again, in context, as you can see, the land slopes down to the road. And that's the adjacent dwelling from the frontage, Ignild House, together with a, a cart lodge, a star garage there. And this is just a view from the other side of um, the site, which is a pair of bungalows as you approach the village. I think that's a nice shot. Yep. So we go back to the proposed dwelling, as I say, it's a two-storey, four-bedroomed replacement dwelling to replace the existing three-bedroomed bungalow. The applicant's submission statement is that the existing bungalow is substandard in terms of its construction, building techniques, it's of some age, as you've just seen there, and that it will not be cost-effective to, uh, to reskin or to provide the energy efficiency measures to bring it up to 21st century living standards. Hence, that's why there's a replacement dwelling proposal for this site. It's been assessed in terms of its uh, principle of development. Uh, the site is within a sustainable location to the village of Elmenden. The impact on the countryside at this location would not be significant, bearing in mind, of course, it's for a replacement dwelling and not a new dwelling. It would represent, uh, in effect, an infill replacement dwelling along this short line of dwellings. As I said, this is the pair of uh, bungalows. I think they probably were agricultural workers' dwellings at one point. This is Ignild House, and then you follow through down Essex Hill into Elmden Village. In terms of design, the, it's trying to replicate 
uh, an example of some vernacular exit design. It has a weatherboarded finish, slate roof, and um, has, uh, I think there probably are, sliding sash windows with um, the top portions which have been uh, uh, glazed barred. And in terms of the design, it's considered that it's acceptable for this location and also for the edge of the conservation area. The impact on amenity has been assessed and as far as that is concerned, it's considered that any amenity impact on the adjacent property, Ignald House, would not be significant uh, for three reasons. First of all, the existing distance between the flank boundary and the common boundary, that's between two and three metres. The increase in height of the existing ridge bungalow to the two-storey dwelling would be approximately 2.1 metres. That the dwelling would be moved slightly forward, as I say, by two metres to the road frontage to avoid any significant overbearing effect or overshadowing onto the private sitting out area of Ignield House where the house itself is set towards the western boundary of the site, as you can see. In terms of the garage, it's considered to be subservient to the replacement dwelling. In terms of parking, there's sufficient parking on the site, as you can see, to accommodate um, any increase to do with the four-bedroom dwelling. And it's recommended, Chairman, that this application be approved subject to conditions. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Theobald. Now we have no speakers, so members, it's over to you. Any comments, questions? Councillor Mills? I wonder if Mr. Theobald could just clarify. Um, the site plan there um, seems different from the site plan I've got here, whereby there's a cutout right the way through the front. So could you just clarify if that land has been purchased and is now part of the site? which is slightly different to the plan that's on the back of this. Okay. Okay, that's fine. And the second question was um, just how does this ridge height or the new ridge height compare with the properties on either side? It looks more like a Cape Cod house than it does than anything in the Essex Design Guide. It's got nothing to do with the Essex Design Guide and their casement windows. Okay, uh, Councillor Chambers first, then Councillor Lachlan. Uh, Mr Chairman, uh, I have no uh, objections to this. It's not a particularly what I call an attractive house, um, but it, isn't, uh, it will not affect anybody else 
uh, and so I would like to propose approval. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? I'll second it from the chair then. And uh, Councillor Lockley, you wanted to speak. No, I just wanted to ask uh, that pipe. It's not a chimney; it is a pipe. It's a flue. It's a flue. That's quite high, isn't it? A bit like my shoe, is it? Yeah, keep well away. You've just approved listed building application with very similar uh, details on it. Okay. Uh, any other questions? Nope. Fine. Then we've got a second a proposal and a seconder for approval. Can I have a show of hands for those in favour, please? Thank you very much. That matter is approved. The next application is item 4.10, UTC 161121, a householder application at Saffron Walden. And again, Mr Theobald will present to us. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Hopefully quicker. This, um, this application is for a single-storey front and side extension to an estate uh, dwelling on the um, southern side of town. Uh, this is the existing elevations. As you can see, it's a 1960s estate house. With uh, This is the arrangement to the side boundary. And... What they're proposing is to have um, a modest L-shaped addition to wrap around the front and to the, the side of the, the dwelling. And as you can see, it's represented here thus and also in uh, cross-section there. So it relates to, as I say, the proposed front and side extension to incorporate an, an entrance porch and an extension to the lounge and downstairs cloakroom and it would be uh, externally clad in materials to match the existing dwelling. Now the application is for approval chairman as uh, an extension which would accord with um, design advice for appropriately uh, sized extensions to existing dwellings and there's also reference made to the loss of parking that would be caused by the extension extending out uh, to the rear uh, front flank boundary. But uh, there's sufficient space to the front of the dwelling to accommodate uh, the number of cars which would be appropriate for this um, site where it's only for a ground floor extension. So the application, again, Chairman, is recommended for approval, subject to, uh, I think, just one condition in this case. Thank you, Mr. Theobald. Um, okay, members, this application is before us because it's a, um, a council employee, otherwise, it would have been delegated. But are there any questions, queries? Councillor Freeman? Thank you, Chair. Only to point out that um, I'm a member of Saffron Warden Town Council and also its planning committee, so I have a non pecuniary interest, I guess, uh, in this uh, application. 
Oh, fine. Thank you. Paul, um, Councillor Fairhurst. Exactly the same situation. Thank you very much. Councillor Chambers. I have no objections. I propose approval, Mr Chairman. Thank you. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Mills, thank you. Uh, we have a proposer and a seconder. All those in favour of approval? Fine, thank you very much. And that application is also approved. <coughs> the next item of business is item five on the agenda, notification of work to a tree. And Mr Brown is going to describe it to us. Thank you, thank you Chairman. This is a, the only reason it's in front of us is because it's a UDC proposed works. Uh, it is a tree within the conservation area that is not preserved. Uh, the proposal is to, to reduce the crown and reduce the end-weighted branches it's getting heavy in a nutshell. Uh, and our boricultural uh, study has been submitted and the uh, council's tree officer has no objection to the proposal and so the, it is recommended that no objection be raised to the proposed works to the tree. Uh, Councillor Freeman. I'm happy to uh, propose that, Chairman. Thank you very much. Does that find a seconder? I'll second that then. Thank you. Uh, all those in favour, please show. Unanimous. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Sorry, let's, let's show for approval, please. Oh, yes. Uh, nine. And against? And abstention. One abstention. That, that's, uh, that work, tree work is approved. Thank you. Uh, urgent business. I've not been informed of any that I can consider urgent. Oh, Councillor Lachlan. Perhaps we have. But it's not urgent. I just want to... Oh, well, then we don't do it. <laughs> I just wondered why there aren't any appeals uh, pages or any planning agreements. We usually have those. You must have got an appeal through, so you were looking yeah, for... Uh, yeah. I, well, <laughs> coincidentally. <laughs> right, <I'll... laughs> but no, I promise I didn't even think about that. But there's no planning. No, honestly, I didn't really. Because <laughs> uh, I'd actually written it down. Yeah. Planning, planning, planning agreements, you get them every other month, and you got one last month. I'm oh, sure right. It's every other month now, yeah. is it? Planning well, appeals, apologies... I haven't done one for oh, quite right. a long time because I'm trying to introduce enforcement ones as well. Right. Uh, and then we, then we can have a quarterly and then knock Christine back to be quarterly rather than every other month. We haven't quite got there yet. I will endeavour to try to get an, uh, an appeal through to a report back to the next meeting. Oh, right. Because and I, pr I promise it wasn't yeah. anything to do with Cambridge Road, which we... <laughs> and, while <luckily> I, <laughs> and while I'm on, I'm, can I apologise because there has been a bit of a mess with the agenda today. I mean, all sorts of things have gone slightly wrong. Uh, but I think we've all made safe We all have these weeks. We, nice I had a terrible... It's yeah. all my fault and I had a Hang terrible on, we, week. We, we have count... Councillor Riles, you wish to... Hello, this is just an idea, and I'm sure if, if you don't think it's worth it, then please feel free to shoot me down. Um, we've, got just, we've had, I think, a reserved matter here today, and you've already given outline client permission. Can we have some more photographs, please? I know we had some photographs, uh, and even with the site visit as well. I've missed the site visit this morning through other reasons, but it would have been handy if we had some photographs to give us some context and a little bit of the surrounding air, if possible. Oh, that is possible. And the other thing that, I've, that Council Ranger hasn't given me a kick in on this one, because usually Council Ranger is asking me, quite rightly, to attach the outline application and all that requirements on the back of it, because cause you're coming... OK, you dealt with the outline in this particular case, and it was quite, quite, yeah. quite recently, but you could be now dealing with a reserve matters where an outline was approved two, two years ago. And so to give the outline... Because you're coming in halfway through otherwise, and so, I, so yes, we can pick up the photograph issue, and secondly, we will try to endeavour to give you the outline permission as well, so at least you've got the, the full story. Thank you very much. Uh, I think that uh, point about the... Uh, 
the conditions attached to the outline is important because today it would have shown that at the last meeting when that was approved the chairman got a grant of £10,000 added for footpath improvements. I think that tops an appeal. Yeah. The meeting closed.